0: The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's Mightiest Heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt them back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to our sixth episode in our WandaVision coverage.
1: Well, fifth episode, covering episode six.
0: No, I think we're on episode seven now.
1: Uh Uh-uh, this was episode six. Was it really? I know, it's hard to keep track.
0: (laughs) This is the second week in a row I've screwed this up. (laughs) This episode is entitled, All New Halloween Spooktacular. That's a very 90s title. Oh, yes. I, I mean, I quite enjoy it, but... Um, again, just a friendly spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about the episode and pretty much everything that happens in it. Uh, Which is a lot. It is a lot. (laughs) So if you haven't watched the episode, take a minute, go watch the episode, come back and listen to the podcast. Unless you don't care about spoilers, then by all means, listen on. So (laughs) how about that Halloween special? Woo! So I think it's worth noting, um, again, in, in keeping with our kind of rotating sequence of. Of uh, television parodies, this one appears to pull a lot from Malcolm in the Middle.
1: Yes, the the opening sequence in particular, and and also the boys breaking the fourth wall to talk directly to the audience is very Malcolm in the Middle.
0: Yes, uh, it's something we're a little more used to now with you know so many. Um, single camera um, dramas and comedies like The Office and Modern Family and things like that, but this is fairly this was fairly new at the time.
1: Yeah, the late late nineties, early aughts.
0: Yeah, and this is this is definitely a, a late nineties, early aughts feel to it. Um, the last episode had a very like mid eighties feel to it. This one we we get a, I think a little bit more of a jump. Yeah, but then I think we needed a little bit more of a jump to get to a more uh, distinct type of sitcom you know they were all they were family-based sitcoms were kind of the same for a long time you know early 90s you had shows like full house which were definitely not 80s not in the 80s but a lot of that was based on visual you know they would push the boundaries a little bit but but not really it was still basically the same structure and format yeah so this episode focuses around halloween in Westview, uh, and kind of the things that that go along with that. Now, this is this is where we get the Halloween costumes, um, the original uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision costumes. Although in this case, uh, Wanda is a Sokovian fortune teller, <laughs> and Vision is a luchador, which I absolutely loved.
1: And I loved the Halloween costumes because it was so reminiscent of what we actually used to wear. Back in the 90s and nowadays, like costumes are so elaborate and basically kids are in a, a lot of times like basically cosplay in the level of detail that costumes tend to have now. Yeah. And I mean, I'm definitely guilty of going over the top for Halloween costumes, um, but it was nice to see just kind of the the cheesy, cheap costumes that, Homemade. Yeah, that were totally fine with us back then.
0: Yeah, um, so obviously Wanda and, and Vision are Scarlet Witch and Vision from the comics. Uh, Pietro, who is still with us, uh, ends up in a Quicksilver Halloween costume. The blue with the uh, the lightning bolt uh, across the chest. And then the boys actually end up in costume. Um, Tommy ends up in a similar costume. Uh, Costume to Quicksilver, um, and um, Billy ends up in one that is very reminiscent of the character Wiccan, obviously who is is Billy Maximov.
1: Yes, yeah, so it it's a nice nod to the comics. I know I saw an interview with Elizabeth Olsen, and they were like, uh, you know, you you told us or you said to somebody that you were never going to get into the traditional original Scarlet Witch outfit and she's like yeah but they figured out a way to do it ironically and that's acceptable <laughs>
0: well and it wasn't like hypersexualized like no. a lot of you know the comic book look can can be um you know it was it was very homemade halloween costumey
1: yes and now uh vision's costume is very interesting because he comes down the stairs in his old fashioned old-timey uh vision costume which they're treating as as the luchador um and wanda says oh honey you look so great you're in your costume and he goes well it was the only thing in my closet indicating that wanda is trying he's starting to not play along and wanda is trying to get him to play along so she has removed all other options for him to wear
0: yeah that was an interesting point um and we see this more and more through the episode that you know obviously vision knows something is up and then on top of that he you know is is starting to fight back a little bit and trying to figure out what's going on um and actually at the end of this scene we we get a fair amount of that in that vision says he's going to go out and uh participate in the neighborhood watch he's gonna you know prevent kids from teepeeing houses and things. And uh, we find out soon thereafter from Herb, good old Herb, <laughs> uh, that, that Vision is actually not a part of the Neighborhood Watch uh, on duty that night. Um, and we will see shortly kind of what Vision is up to and where he goes.
1: Yeah, and we see, and, and the kids comment in their fourth wall breaks about how mom and dad have been acting different Um and, and we see that as Vision leaves, he just gently gives her a peck on the cheek. And...
0: And, and it's not Tommy goes or Billy points out specifically, they're not fighting. They're just different. Yeah. And that was kind of interesting. Um, so, of course, you know, uh, the boys and Pietro and Wanda go out and begin their Halloween antics.
1: And Wanda starts questioning Pietro about, well, do you remember this kid at the orphanage trying to... Trying to figure out who he is. Is he really Pietro? Right. She,
0: she, she's constantly testing him. Yes. But the interesting part is that Pietro knows he's being tested. Pietro is very aware.
1: Yes. He's the most aware person in all of Westview. Um, and I think there there is, you know, hopefully they will reveal to us how he, he got there. Because it's unclear... He seems to think that Wanda brought him. Wanda isn't sure where he came from um yeah there's it's it's hard to tell i I still maintain that somebody else uh it, possibly the twins but somebody else somehow manifested him.
0: I think that's possible um but at the same time, he's uh, he's even aware not just kind of of what West, Westview is and things like that, but he's aware of. To some extent, past events like he mentions being shot in the middle of the street like a schmuck.
1: Yes, which is also very interesting because he clearly has memories of Sokovia and mom and dad and being shot in the street. Um, Although he doesn't say, but he doesn't mention Ultron. But you know the the Quicksilver we know that Evan Peters plays in the X Men movie. Was not Sokovian and was, right. you know, as far as we know, wasn't killed maybe after the events of, of the last X-Men movie. What was he killed?
0: Not that I can remember. No. I only watched Dark Phoenix once and yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't a good experience.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. Um. So, and, and he has memories of Wanda, which there is um, a mention in one of the X-Men films about his sister, um, but you know, he seems to have, but
0: she's, a, she's a, in that, in the X-Men films, she's a younger sister, yeah, like substantially younger.
1: Um, so, so yeah, it, it's unclear. Is this the Quicksilver from X-Men? Is he from a different universe entirely? Is he the Quicksilver from this universe who's looks different for some reason? Um, obviously one of my favorite exchanges between the two of them is when she asks what happened to your accent and he goes what happened to yours
0: that that's a good one but i think the other better one is the flashback to halloween in sokovia where the woman gives them like a stinky fish to share yes <laughs> i thought that was really funny
1: and i love i was just looking at um some some tweets that people had about this episode and somebody uh said when uh when Pietro and Wanda are talking about uh their past lives in Sokovia and then they have the meme of Hawkeye and uh, he says you and I remember Sokovia very differently <laughs> You're right one of one of the
0: best <laughs> lines from the original Avengers film yes um so while all of this is going on in Westview out side of Westview in the real world, um, things are getting a little more tense. Um, Monica goes to confront uh, Hayward about the missile and about his attempted attack on on Wanda and the kids.
1: Yeah, and I I love one of the things she says is if Wanda is the problem, then she has to be the solution, um, which...
0: Right. I mean, at this point, Hayward is convinced that, oh, we just, we need to take out Wanda and everything will be fine. And Monica points out, and and probably fairly prophetically, that simply removing Wanda, they have no evidence that simply removing Wanda is going to fix the problem. They have no idea what's going to happen to the people inside the Westview anomaly, uh, you know, based on that.
1: Right. Nobody's ever dealt with something like this before.
0: Right. and they have they have solid evidence that Wanda is no kidding warping reality existence you know so it's possible that if she does this that that people will never return to normal
1: one thing that i was curious about and i don't think we'll ever get answered but when vision unlocked norm's personality in the last episode and he was like i have to call my sister my dad's been sick and everything we know from I think it was was it episode three, episode four. We know that people who have relationships with the people in Westview, people who are outside of Westview but have relationships with people inside of Westview, uh, don't don't remember the people that are in inside the hex. Um, they have no memory of their existence. So I'm wondering when Vision unlocked norm's personality did his sister did his dad did they for a brief second become aware of him um uh, I,
0: yeah that's an interesting idea I,
1: I don't think that'll ever get answered but no no I,
0: I certainly think we will not have an answer to that one that that seems probably kind of outside of of what we're gonna yeah experience here but it's definitely an interesting question uh so continuing in the real world not only does monica confront hayward but they end up in A little bit. I don't want to call it a standoff, but there is a a a kind of face to face showdown between the kind of the the trio of heroes outside outside of of the hex. Uh, James Wu, Darcy Lewis, and Monica Rambeau and Sword and Hayward basically kicks them out. Um, As they're escorted out, they manage to get free of their captors and kind of duck off and are. Still on base, but but hiding.
1: I, I just want to say, I also love that, uh, one, Darcy's reaction. Because uh, James Wu and Monica Rambeau start beating up the, the guys that are trying to take them away. And Darcy's just kind of standing there. And at the end, she goes, why didn't anybody tell me the plan? Um, but I also, it was kind of cool getting to see uh, Jimmy Wu, Agent Wu, you know, be kind of a badass for a minute. He's just been kind of this goofy side character for a while and, you know, who is trying to get Ant-Man and learning magic tricks and, and we actually get to see he's, he's actually a formidable agent.
0: Yeah. It is nice to see a character like that get some degree of character development that that's, that's always an enjoyable um, prospect. So yeah, that's nice. Um, the trio also take this opportunity to start digging into Hayward's files. Um, and while this is going on, Monica decides she needs to get back into the Hex.
1: But Darcy reveals something.
0: Yeah, so Darcy reveals that there is there has been... That Hayward has um, Monica's blood work. So what it sounds like is that from last episode when we thought the blood work didn't come up right or the MRI came blank, it sounds like those those things didn't came out just fine, uh, but Hayward is hiding the results and, and has his own reasons for it. Uh, but Darcy points out that having traveled through the barrier, specifically on two occasions, that... Uh, Monica's cells are being changed, so obviously, I think what we are seeing here is the, the origin, the beginnings of Monica Rambo as Photon.
1: Yes, and that would be really cool.
0: Yep. So in the comics, Monica Rambo uh, is the uh, second person actually to take the name of uh, Captain Marvel after the Cree Marvel, and then eventually uh, she will take the name Photon. But she has you know kind of the the standard cosmic style uh powers you know flight energy projection that kind of stuff um and it looks like from here in the in the uh, mcu she's going to take the name photon uh in honor of her mother whose call sign as a pilot was photon
1: yeah which is very sweet but it's also uh interesting because the whole way that darcy found the tv show and everything was she was like oh there's this massive amount of cosmic radiation Everything so basically, Monica is going to get her superpowers from the good old fashioned Marvel Comics way of exposure to radiation.
0: Well, possibly we'll we'll see how they actually end up playing it off. But yeah, it's certainly that that is certainly a possibility.
1: But now, none of this deters Monica. She's like, I, I don't care. I'm going to go back in. I'm going to help Wanda.
0: Right, and she she actually says that that she has a guy who can help her get back in.
1: We have some theories. We do. <laughs>
0: Um, I think that the the best two probably. Um, my personal favorite being Nick Fury because uh, Nick Fury. Um, you know who who else has has access to to all kinds of crazy stuff, and Monica has known him since she was a child.
1: My theory is oh, you're gonna have to remind me of the name of the character, the scroll from Telos. Telos. So my theory is that it's Telos again. Somebody she's known for a long time, and in. In the previous episode, she said something about, I have an aerospace engineer who would love this. I I can't remember exactly what the line was. But, um, you know, an an alien would be a pretty cool person to bring in. Um, And I know the internet uh, seems to think that it's going to be Reed Richards as a way to introduce uh, Fantastic Four to the MCU. And I think that
0: that, that's too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think the events of WandaVision are going to help shape and, and change things in the Marvel Universe to allow for the introduction of characters like the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and things. However, I think like everyone wants the Fantastic Four because there have been three movies, one of them atrocious and two of them so-so to middlingly bad. Um, everyone wants the Fantastic Four, but I think Marvel's going to save them for an actual legitimate film i i think that's the only way to really do the fantastic four justice and to try and really reclaim the 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 franchise
1: and i I think it would be a little heavy-handed to be introducing the x-men and in in the introduction of evan peters we hope is kind of a going to allow the x-men into this universe but to to introduce both, both the X-Men and uh, the Fantastic Four into this series. Um, it, it seems a little heavy-handed, but who knows? Maybe we're wrong. I mean, we've been wrong plenty of other times.
0: We have, although Marvel has generally, even when they've dropped hints at stuff, Marvel has generally done very well with bringing in new characters without being, like, uber heavy-handed. So I, I do think there is some credence to that. Plus, trying to You know, call Reed Richards just an aerospace engineer is selling Reed Richards very short. (laughs) Yeah. Reed Richards is probably the smartest individual in in the MCU. So, you know, let's not sell the man short. So the final reveal that Darcy has is that Hayward has found a way to see inside the hex. And specifically, he is following the decay rate of vibranium and vision. Is made of vibranium and would be the only source of vibranium within the hex. So it's very clear that Hayward is for some reason and some by some means following Vision's movements. At which point we transition back into Westview and we follow Vision around.
1: Well, and they also notice that you know Vision is moving freely, but he is getting closer to the edge of the hex and the people because they can also track people. At first, when when it was like, oh, he's following the decay rate of uh, Vibranium, was like, oh, well, that may just... He may be tracking Vision because he's the only one who has this unique signature, but he he has apparently some ability to track the people, Well, too. it's the
0: people in the vicinity of Vision.
1: Yeah. Um. But as Vision is getting closer to the edge, we see that the people at the edge of the hex aren't moving at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and we kind of alluded... It kind of gets alluded to in the earlier in the episode when Vision looks, he's kind of just walking of the street and he looks at um, some folks putting up decorations and they're basically going through the same motion repeatedly, not actually doing anything.
1: My, my sister said, can we give an Emmy Award to Best Background Actor for the woman who was repeatedly uh, putting the ghost, hanging the ghost up on the line and then had the one single tear coming down her cheek? Because that was a very powerful moment.
0: (laughs) Right. And it, it again, lends credence to the idea that although Wanda is in control of all of this, you know, there is a certain extent to which there are limits to what she can control. And so on the periphery, outside of kind of what she needs, really, the people are kind of just frozen. Yes. But it also seems like they have some additional degree of awareness because her control isn't as strong. Yeah. Yeah. But so as Vision approaches this area with with people who aren't moving, I mean, everyone is out in the street trick-or-treating and all that kind of stuff. And it's literally just everyone's frozen. Um, And on top of that, you know, the the streets are dimly lit. The lights are flickering. Like, it's very obvious that Vision is reaching the edge of Wanda's control.
1: Yes. And and clearly, and I don't know if this is... uh because she doesn't have enough power, although I doubt it, based on what we know about her from the comics, she's extremely powerful. She can change the whole world. Um, but uh, if if it's taking too much power, maybe it's taking too much power to have all the kids out. And Pietro makes a comment like, oh, where have you been hiding the kids? Just sleeping in their beds, save them the trauma, and just pull them out for an occasional holiday special. Um,
0: right, and, if- and again, Pietro is... is- the the most aware. Yes. He's asking questions about how she is making this happen. Yes. Um, Yeah, so while Vision is off doing this, um, the first thing that happens is that, you know, the kids are out trick-or-treating, Pietro is helping them get into trouble, so he's helping them teepee things and steal people's candy and cover everybody in silly string, and then we find out that Tommy has super speed. Just what um, every parent wants. Right, right. Because as if kids don't run fast enough. Um, and then they decide to go to the, the big Halloween uh, celebration in the town square. And the, the boys are off doing their thing. Um, and, you know, we do get a, a really good heart-to-heart between Pietro and Wanda. And Pietro starts asking, like, how are you doing all of this? Like, he asks very pointed questions specifically about... The Westview anomaly, like things that people inside the anomaly shouldn't really have any concept of. He starts asking questions about it. And Wanda starts to admit, I don't know how I did this. I just, I felt so lonely. And, you know, she kind of, Pietro kind of keeps pushing. He asks about the children and things. And then finally, unfortunately, Pietro goes one step too far. And he he makes a joke about how her husband can't die twice. And she launches him across the square.
1: Yes and then this happens a little bit later uh in the episode when we haven't gotten to vision trying to leave yet but that yes. that happens a little bit later which is interesting because um you know I wonder if if it's just an emotional gut reaction like don't mention my that my husband died uh if it's that the kids are standing right there and they can hear him and she doesn't want them to know that their father is technically dead um or if it's the one time that i can recall that he has an awareness of something that happened after he died um indicating that he's not the real pietro because pietro would have no the real pietro would have no idea that vision died um and and i'm trying to think if anything else in the episode
0: well i mean i mean to be fair I mean, most of his questioning is about stuff. Like he has no idea, like that he should have no idea that Wanda's behind any of this. Like a lot of that questioning would imply have him having knowledge that he shouldn't necessarily have, both from a, a kind of a story standpoint, but also just you know because his character has been dead. Yes. So, but I don't know that I don't know that I I would put a whole lot of emphasis on that.
1: Yes, um, but you also skipped past.
0: Yes, yes, I'm a little. I am a little out of sequence here. Um, As many of you may may have picked up on, things may sound a little bit differently in this podcast. Um, We are uh, not in my office recording as we normally do. We are, in fact, uh, at uh, Becky's apartment at grad school. Um, I came up for a a particular a a special event, and um, Becky doesn't have a TV here. We use a projector, and unfortunately. Um, that that kind of made it so made it more difficult for us to watch it a second time. So uh, things aren't quite as ingrained into my brain as they were <laughs> on previous episodes. So, so yes, I have gotten a little out of sequence
1: here. Um, but yes, while he's questioning her, and she mentions being so lonely and feeling so empty, which is exactly what Monica said uh, when she came out. Like that's like Wanda is projecting her her sadness onto everybody else. But well,
0: I, you know. I, I will kind of just maybe disagree with you a little bit on that one. I don't know that. I mean, yes, I think Wanda's doing that. But I think it's also her amplifying uh, Monica's sadness and Monica's grief. Yeah. And and I think it's going to be an important uh, connection between those two characters of the pain and the grief they're both feeling at, at this particular moment.
1: That's fair. Um, but she says, I was so lonely and so empty and she looks away to like wipe a tear away and she looks back and now we get zombie Pietro, very similar to zombie Vision that we saw a couple episodes prior.
0: Yes. With, with several bullet wounds in his, in his chest from where he got shot in Sokovia.
1: And completely grayed out and just creepy looking.
0: Yes. Um, but so while all of this is going on, um, Vision is approaching the edge of town and and earlier in the episode, Wanda warns the boys not to go past Ellis Avenue and we see vision approaching Ellis Avenue and there's a car stopped. And as vision walks up, he realizes that it is Agnes and he kind of tries to talk to Agnes and is getting a very kind of numb and kind of emotionless and, and almost trance like response out of, out of Agnes You know, she's like, oh, took her on turn, got lost. And, and, you know, Vision kind of has like, in in the town you grew up in. And again, Westview's not a very big town. Um, So, you know, eventually Vision kind of says, or kind of lets us know, you know, to hell with this. And, uh, you know, does his thing, the same thing he did to Norm does to Agnes. And Agnes suddenly is like, oh my God, you're one of them. You're an Avenger. You know, are you here to save us? And he's like, okay, um... What's an Avenger? So again, obviously Vision does not have memory of of what has happened before. Um, and then this is when Agnes, um, as we saw in the in the trailers, says, Well, you're dead. So she asks Vision, she's Am I dead? He's like, No, why would you ask that? And she's like, Well, well, you're dead. And then she kind of just repeats that again and again, and we get some kind of hysterical laughter, and then Vision puts her back and she's Agnes and she drives off.
1: And I think it's interesting because everybody else who's on the edge of town is just not moving and agnes is clearly being affected by being further away from wanda she's she's not her cheery happy self she's just monotone and drab and but she is able to respond she is able she was able to drive all the way there and so then it's was she able to do that because she's a central character in their TV show, or was she able to do that because she is a more powerful person?
0: Uh, No, it's because she's got her SAG card. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, No, yeah, that is an interesting question. It also may have to do with the fact that, you know, she's a central character. Yes. Yes but she's most commonly centrally located. So maybe there's a, a an aspect of uh duration and proximity because she spends so much time around Wanda, she's not as a, it takes longer for the effect to wear off and for her to be affected or, or to be frozen by the end. Um but once Vision puts her back to normal or back to Agnes, she turns her car around and drives back to the center of town. Yep. And Vision Attempts to leave the hex.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: Um, you know, he walks up to it. Um, it's this great, uh, you know, scene where he he discovers the barrier and, and begins to push his way through. Um, I know you and I talked about this like on our own. Uh, probably a few weeks ago. But, you know, the barrier looks like kind of the distortion you get when you get up close to a te- to an old tube television. And every time they do, I have this, this great memory of the smell of that. Um, and, and basically, it's the smell of ozone um, because of... Th- how tube televisions function when you got close, there was kind of a static on the tel- on the, on the screen and, and you could smell it. And every time they would do it, you know, nowadays TVs don't really do that. Um, it it really is very much a, a function of how tube televisions physically operated. Um, but yeah, it was just so every time they do that, it's this, it, this is this great, you know, kind of childhood memory that just kind of
1: surges its way up. I, I remember, uh, at my grandparents' house we would go for Thanksgiving or Christmas and I would go up to, they had a very large tube television and I would go up and just put my hand out to feel the static coming off of it.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, getting back to the episode. So Vision starts to push his way through the barrier um, because Hayward is tracking them. You know, obviously, uh, they go out to try and see what's going on.
1: And Darcy has also been spying, so she also goes to she, see what's happening. She
0: also goes. Um, at this point, James and Monica have gone to go meet Monica's contact to get whatever she's, she's going to get. And, you know, Vision starts forcing his way through the barrier, comes out, and is basically just demanding help for the people in Westview because he knows something is wrong and that these people are hurting.
1: And he starts he starts kind of falling apart like disintegrating almost and not not like the people who were blipped disintegrating but just chunks of him are being ripped off and being pulled back in and and we were talking at cuz at first it kind of seems like oh he he escaped the boundary but i to me it kind of looked like he was he was stretching it like he was still in there but he's like stretching it he's tethered to it and um, yeah,
0: that's a possibility. Certainly, I'll be honest. What I was expecting is when he is when he finally kind of broke through that he would turn back into dead vision that he would, yes. you know, corp- corpse vision that we saw earlier, and that he would just kind of collapse like that. Um, that's not what happened. So I was I was very surprised by that. Kind of kind of nicely. Um,
1: well, and and Hayward is doing nothing. He's just watching him disintegrate, which you know, lends to the idea that Hayward has something else going on. And the fact that S.W.O.R.D. had vision and now they're tracking vision, it makes it, seem like all he really cares about is getting vision back to experiment on him and darcy calls mad she's she's supposed to not be there
0: right so darcy's kind of watching from from behind and eventually she runs up and just starts screaming why aren't you helping him um you know she's captured by by a, a a sword agent um who actually handcuffs her to the the bumper of one of their their cars um and then back in westview while all of this is happening um we see that tommy now also has billy i'm sorry billy also has powers um similar to scarlet witches again like the comics you know tommy has super speed and billy has um
1: weird powers <laughs> yeah
0: i mean they're they're closer to scarlet witches scarlet witches powers in the comics are kind of a this this very odd amalgamation of things um both magical and and mutant abilities so Trying to trying to describe them as, as being the same or a little bit a little bit odd, a little bit off. But at any rate, um, um, so Billy starts hearing Vision, you know, yelling at these sword agents and becomes very concerned. Goes, tells Wanda, and you know, Wanda stands up, her eyes start glowing, and we think, you know, she's gonna go rush off to try and pull him back in or save him. But instead, what she does is she begins to expand the hex.
1: Yeah, first she makes everybody freeze, except right. for I—I I went back and rewatched. The boys do not seem to freeze, um, because kids can't be controlled. Uh, so she freezes everybody, and then the hex starts expanding. Did and, not see that coming. <laughs> no, and of
0: course all of the sword agents who are you know right there, um, start trying to run away and whatnot, and. Um, pretty much all of them get absorbed into the Hex um, and become what appears to be a traveling circus. Um, now, the one person who does get absorbed that we don't see anything of is Darcy.
1: Because she's handcuffed to the car. Although the only glimpse that we get of her like transforming into uh, something acceptable by the Hex is that as it's absorbing her, she goes, oh, fudge and i think i don't think she said fudge i think that uh you know late 90s early aughts broadcast television you don't you don't drop drop an f-bomb so i i think her words changing was no symbolic i I think
0: oh fudge kind of fits the character i
1: think it could too i just like to think that that was their nod to her changing
0: um yeah. So basically, the only ones who are now left outside the hex are Haywood and it looks like a couple of agents with him, and then Monica and James.
1: Yeah, and, and of then of course, they just leave us right. With and then of that. course, yeah, the episode
0: ends because why wouldn't it end there?
1: Oh, we ha- almost like we did last time. We haven't talked about the commercial. We
0: did not. <laughs>
1: I okay. I have to say this commercial was so well done that, and I think just it goes back to this episode being so well done that when it went to the commercial, I kind of forgot that there are no commercials in the, no real commercials in this show on Disney <laughs>
0: Plus in general, right? There's yeah, no commercials.
1: Um. So, and, and that might be just because I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately, and they have been man, they have had more commercials just watching stuff on YouTube than there has been on the past, which is very annoying. But um, yeah, the commercial started and I was like, oh, okay, it's a commercial. And then I go, wait a minute, <laughs> wait, this is, it-, it took me a couple seconds to register that this was a WandaVision commercial. Right. Um, and it's the first commercial that doesn't have the family that that we have seen in the past. Although I expect that there's a, a kid and a shark and I suspect that they, I haven't looked up because I've tried to, I've been trying to avoid imdb for fear of spoilers um but i suspect that the voiceover actors would probably be the same ones that had been used in past commercials but who knows um but yeah they have this really cool claymation 90s uh oh
0: my god so so
1: 90s 90s commercial for for yogurt um and there's this kid on an island starving and he's like, I'm so hungry. And then this shark comes up and is like, here, have this yogurt. It's totally rad or whatever. And it's so cool. And then it turns real sinister, real quick.
0: Well, and it's called Yo Magic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then this kid is trying for days. just cannot open this, this yogurt container. And then the kid just dies. Like this claymation child just you know withers away to a skeleton and uh at the end you can hear the the shark does a voiceover and is like you know only the strongest survive or something like that yeah um um, and it was you know all the rest have been you know rather misogynistic and or just goofy but this one was dark oh while being based entirely in primary colors it was very dark
0: yes uh, and being a kid growing up in the 90s, you know, that I, I remember commercials just like that. So that that was very well done. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was the episode. I mean, there's there's a lot going on in this episode. I don't know that I have anything else to that I really want to cover.
1: Yeah, I I can't can't really think of much. Um, I mean, it, it was just there was just so much going on. And it I, and I think that's a—it's a testament to how well this show has been written and acted, that um, and, and produced. That at the end we were all shocked as that hex just expands, and and that we were all just like, "Really, you're just gonna end it right there? <laughs> like that is the perfect cliffhanger." <laughs>
0: Yeah. Very well done. Um, yeah, I I, I want to say just the fact that as more is happening, right, there's a lot less that we have to speculate about uh, and and more just, you know, I think they're doing a really good job of just engaging the audience and, you know, pulling them in and, and they're giving us information and things at, and little pieces at a time. It's just, you know, we don't have the full picture yet you know before we had almost nothing to operate on um, so you know there was so much guessing but but now you know we have a lot more information that we're that we're working with and i, I don't know I, I, I don't feel the need to to guess as much and just see what's coming
1: yeah and and i also think knowing that there's only a couple more episodes left it's um, it, it's nice to not no, not I ha- be speculating as much just like i just want to know what's going to happen i've i've given up Specu- I haven't given up speculation, but...
0: <laughs> I, I have actually heard a rumor that the last three episodes are going to be hour-long episodes. That'd be nice. It, it would. It would. I've also heard the, the, the a rumor that there may be like an unannounced 10th episode.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so w- we shall see. Um, so I do have one thing to, uh, to announce uh, at the end of this episode, and that is that I have finally uh, gotten the recording done for the next a uh, set of actual comic episodes. Uh, I needed to go ahead and go back and do the edits and whatnot for it. So there are still a few more days worth of, of work I need to to get out of it. However, you know, in general, um, expect in the, the very near future that we will have the return of actual comic-based uh, episodes.
1: Yeah. Um, I also just wanted to put in a, a plug. Last night, we watched uh, another show, the show, a documentary, I don't know, um, on Disney Plus, And it was Marvel's Behind the Mask and uh, interviews with comic creators and artists and writers and talking about kind of the evolution of a lot of these characters in the comics. And as things change uh, in our world, how the how the characters have changed and everything. And it was just a very well done documentary. So if you have Disney plus, which if you're watching one division, you do, um, I would recommend that.
0: Yeah. There's some, 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 some very well-known names in comics, Um, you know, Joe Quesada, Tom Brevoort, um, uh, some of the, the, some of the current Marvel folks, um, but also people like Chris Claremont and and Nisenti and Joe Duffy who are you know uh, deep deep in, in in Marvel history so it's definitely worth uh, worth a watch um yeah we really enjoyed that last night so remember you can find us at avengersassembly.com you can follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter and you can find this podcast on iTunes SoundCloud and YouTube next week we will be back with yet another episode of WandaVision all right hey
1: All right, good job, guys. Uh, Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it.